0: A-G-E-F-I-G-O-A-T
1: Oh my god... Oh my god...
0: This is Cage Fight! Hello everybody and welcome to Cage Fight. It is time once again. It's that time of the week. Which week? Every other week. It's that time of every other week where we sit down and we do certain things. We'll learn what those certain things are in just a moment. But first, before we begin, I'll let you know that my name is Gregory William Aikman. I am technically a lord. I am so someone who is speaking to you right now. But I'm not speaking to you alone because I am joined
1: by... I am Thomas Beeman. Maybe a fragment of imagination from Gregory Aikman's twisted mind. Maybe an actual person. You'll have to find that out at the end of this podcast.
0: Where we may or may not reveal it. And what do we do? What is this podcast? What what do we do? Surely it's not just another couple of white men talking oh, about movies. Is of it?
1: course not. No, it's actually way more than just two white guys also just talking about more about movies. We talk specifically about cage movies. Isn't that original?
0: Yes. <laughs> um accidentally it's not like it's original in terms of right i like this i love the Mm. idea that there's so many people doing doing this because if you've got a genuinely original idea it it encourages you to be lethargic and just rest on your laurels and go we came up with a great Yeah, you got a great idea. You need to do nothing of any worth after that. You can just get all the accolades from doing the idea. Whereas if you do the same thing everyone else does, then you're forced to find new and exciting ways to do it. And you sent me a message the other day, Thomas, which I found exciting, but I wanted to, um, essentially, I wanted to deal with the admin whilst recording because it's much more exciting if we let (laughs) everyone in on it because what did you say you you said a fun idea for like an uh like an april April Fool's
1: joke yeah to if we just put out an episode of uh us doing what we do here which is listening or watching uh two different uh nicholas cage films and then talking Mm -hmm. about them and determining which ones the better to eventually uh Crown the ultimate Cage film. I thought we could do that with uh, Cage film podcasts because there are enough of those to do that with.
0: Right. I I love the idea, but I would want to suggest one slight amendment to it. Instead of this as an April Fool's thing, why don't we just add a regular each episode section? Not starting today because I have not listened to any of our competition. But... um, uh, as as, as as just a little section, we can each, as well as choosing a movie and running through the movie, going through the plot, any ideas we've got there? any hot takes, cold takes, medium takes, or just opinions that everyone shares. We'll discuss all of those things. We will each take a Different podcast as well, <laughs> and do a quick rundown of what we thought of that. Maybe uh, even deal with the episodes that they've done, if available, of the films that we are
1: talking about on that in each particular episode. Oh yeah, let's put as much into this in a single episode as humanly possible. Because I
0: I think why not do it for every single, single episode yes, that we do, yeah, every single one until we, run we out out of
1: also Nick Cage podcasts, which i think is impossible i think there's as many podcasts as there are films
0: exactly and if you're listening to this right now and you don't do a podcast so i'm speaking primarily to uh uh not white man <laughs>
1: every white man has a podcast that's you're born with one did you know that
0: yeah, but I, I don't think it's a bad thing. I've got lots of idea. I've got lots of opinions on podcasts. I can never be down on people doing podcasts because mm. I have done many and will continue to do loads because mm. it's essentially like being on radio, but without a sort of like a talent barrier for entry, <laughs> which is great. Yeah, that's, but, um, that's a, real, <laughs> it's a real wall for <laughs> me. <laughs> but if anyone's listening and they want to start their own thing, but they're not sure what to do, maybe they're feeling a bit sort of uh, sort of uh, a bit moribund or something, May- maybe you can just start a Nicholas Cage podcast, right And then we can talk about your podcast. Mm. And how much we love or hate it. And we'll talk about you in great depth. Sometimes it'll be really whimsical and amusing. Sometimes it might verge into mean spirited. But (laughs) we will always try. That's really up to you now, isn't it, dear viewer? Exactly. Are you going to be the sort of Balend that
1: we want to be mean about, or are you going to be really cool and we want to be your friends? I think this is a, a great idea because not only is it giving us more content to speak Ooh. upon, it also might remove, like, the potential menace podcasts that are coming out. Yes. So we're, we're, like, healing the podcast sort of ecosystem by doing this.
0: We are the Nicolas Cage podcast equivalent of Michael Jackson. We, Yikes! <laughs> we, we are healing the world and morally bankrupt. Yes, at the same but, time. Yeah, I, I'm not going to be happy until I mean, you know, large picture. I'm not the happiest. But, um, I'm not going to be. <laughs> I'm not going to be happy until all of the other podcasts doing Nick Cage mention us in an episode at least once. Because I if we keep on mentioning them there's got to be a time they've got to know we exist I mean I've, I've messaged a lot of them to let them know we exist mm. but do you think there's some episodes of Nicolas Cage podcasts where they're going have you heard did you see this email? Tom and Greg. <laughs> yeah. Why Why are these dudes just talking about... Have you listened to it? No, I haven't listened to it. I'm scared. It might just be mean. What are, yeah, me too. I'm a bit nervous to listen to, I wonder what they say. Surely, surely they must talk about us. Surely they must. At this point, yes, I hope so. And if they're not, we will continue until they do. Also, we're going to make friends with Nicolas Cage. We're going to get on the front page of some film magazines. We're going to write a one-man show about Nicolas Cage mm-hmm. that at some point we'll get Nicolas Cage to star in. And all of those things. But today, we're going to bring this back. We're going to start talking about some films. With the what, what film have you looked at this, this time?
1: I comes? watched The Runner. Ooh, what did you I see? I haven't
0: seen this one. I watched Birdie. Yeah, I've not seen either of these films before. <laughs> um, okay, do you want Should we kick off with The Runner? Yeah, sure. I'm excited because I usually I watch both films, but this time I didn't get a chance to watch The Runner. Oh. I watched Birdie and did all that. So okay. I'm very interested
1: to f- hear what happens in this Yeah, one. so you're in luck. Um... <laughs> <laughs> so in this film. Nicholas Cage plays a, a politician, he's a congressman of Louisiana, a district in Louisiana, um, and this movie takes place right after the 2010 oil spill, BP oil spill, thanks Greg. Um, yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, jerk. And...
0: <laughs> It, you didn't used to call it British Petroleum. It wasn't until the spill that you started yeah. really, really leaning heavy no, on the it's British. It's so
1: true. Like, no one knew what BP stood for before the spill, and then now we knew who to blame. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it, it was us, because we hate the world and purity and animals. We like
1: watching animals drown in oil. Yeah, we, we have that in common. And <laughs> so, yeah, the spill happens, and... Nicholas' character uh, gives an impassioned speech about the damage that's caused, uh, you know, past uh, financial, ecological. Uh, There's a cultural shift. Um, Louie has gone through some pretty rough shit. Like, there's a whole Katrina that happened. I don't know if you're aware of that.
0: Yeah that that was uh, that that was the old that happens. Uh, he
1: gives a speech and then suddenly like he's gaining a lot of attention, okay. um, a lot of positive attention, and him and his people want to spin it into a senate race. It's difficult to talk about this movie because okay, it does a lot of little things there's like a lot of little plot lines and relationships with the character i'm just going to get into it one by one i'm not even go through the movie is is played chronologically i'm not going to do that because it's just it's confusing to explain in that case i'm going to talk about his relationships with the world this character's relationships with the world so he has he has a wife and uh she's an asshole um the first meeting with his wife she is uh getting him to meet up with some a representative from bp and mm-hmm. essentially like trying to get him to back off of um his position against like crude oil um because he's very left leaning in terms of energy and mm. you know they tell him like he's not going to win a senate race um if he if he keeps on this trend and if he backs up on it, they might support him. You know, it's a whole bullshit. It's bullshit. politics, bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Like it's,
0: is this a true story? I know the BP leak um, was a thing which happened, but is this, I don't believe uh, this character
1: actually existed.
0: Okay, cool. So this is just uh, it, jumping off from the real yes, event
1: sir. and just uh, playing with it. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Also this film, it, it's hard to tell what side it's on. And mm. you'll find out later why that is. So, she's an asshole. Um, he cheats on her. That's the big scandal. It's a big scandal that happens with the character. It's a big turning point for him if they, they find out that he had done an adultery. And mm. um, that does not do we get- corrupt... That doesn't end the relationship. Do we see Nicolas Cage do do an adultery on screen? Actually, we do, but just not this particular instance of adultery a later instance of adultery that's coming up spoilers for spoiler adultery and so (laughs) spoilers for relationships often isn't it (laughs) so true politicians especially anyways Mm -hmm. so yeah he cheats on her and that doesn't end the relationship this is how crazy this relationship is at least to me like what ends the relationship is that this scandal puts him so far down in public opinion that he ultimately ends up resigning. And then she leaves him because of that. Like, their whole marriage and relationship was built on him being a successful politician. That's all she cared about. That's all she cared about in him. Yeah, it's it's very strange. Like, literally, he cheats on her several more times during the film. Pretty sure she knows about most of them. Doesn't want to leave him.
0: You see, in an effort to avoid any chance of that happening in any personal relationship I have, I maintain an, a sort of like lifestyle of being very, very, very unsuccessful mm. and not rich. So no one will ever be with me because of status or money, because I have neither.
1: Yeah, if you, if you stop them at the gates, you know what I'm saying, they, they can't mm. get through. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it has to it has to be
0: it has to be just me that they're interested yeah. in
1: because i've got literally nothing to offer exactly this is a good advice for anyone listening if you're entering into a relationship and you're offering fakeness uh that might be yeah. what they want
0: mm-hmm. yeah
1: so <laughs> but so, sorry continue, anyways. continue. <laughs> uh we that it, the marriages <sighs> is, is very very strange but that's just a, one slice of the, the iceberg that is this film, because his other relationship is with, um, I, I don't know our official title, but it's a, a woman who works for him and helps run his campaign.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: he, he's down in the dumps. Um, the scandal happened. He resigned. He's separating with his wife. He meets with this woman again, uh, you know, because he's he's actually really trying to help the people who are affected by the oil spill he's doing like a lot of pro bono work he was a lawyer at one point in time and um, he thinks he can get back in the running like for a uh, a seat um, mm. and then he just starts having a relationship with her and it seems to like bring the best out in him um, oh, that's sweet yeah it's really nice Uh but then it doesn't go anywhere she's also married mm-hmm. and At the beginning, thinking about a divorce, but she just goes back to her husband, and then it just ends. Oh yeah, oh lovely. Yeah, this this is this film. It's it's I overall. I want you and everyone to keep in mind that this film does very little with a lot of stuff. Mm. It's got a lot of material here and does very little with any percentage of it oh that's that sounds quite exciting though i i enjoy that i
0: like a film that um does very little because it seems quite true to life like you've got a fella who means well does everything he can achieves nothing everyone leaves him everyone tries to do everything they can to make the world a better place turns out it's a bit harder than they want and it doesn't work out yeah.
1: I like that yeah. in a movie. You, I think that's you really, I really think exciting. While watching this film, even though I didn't like it very much, I thought that you might get mm. something out of this. I, I would recommend I you watch it. I will give it a go.
0: I, I will. I've got it sat on my computer ready to watch. I just, you know, I, I, I watched Birdie and that broke me. Yes.
1: It's, yes. I can't wait to get into but, that. But... So, but yeah. So, learn me,
0: learn me more about this film then. So, what, what sort of performance is Cage doing? What sort of era of Cage are we looking at? This
1: is at? an older Cage. This is 2015, Cage. Mm-hmm. So he is mid 50s, I believe. Um, and this is a dramatic film, and he's doing his best dramatic. He's not doing his best dramatic acting. I thought he did a great job in this film, and then I watched Birdie. Mm. Um, but he is doing a great job. He for, like by no means is he really phoning it in or anyone. In fact, it feels like a lot of people around him, uh, the actors around him just, they're not like really matching his tempo. it's it's kind of sad um wow but in because that's not you that's not usual is it and a lot of the films we've seen he's surrounded by good actors Mm. yeah more often than not this one he is putting his best foot forward and other people are like um the woman who plays his wife like she especially feels like she's just here for the whatever paychecks involved um Mm. but anywho uh this character nick's character has a father the father used to be a politician and that's really his relationship with success and being a politician i guess is to live up to his father's legacy but his father is a failed politician as well and an alcoholic Mm. and these two things Mm. end up killing him in the middle killing his father in the middle of the film oh and uh so nicholas cage is also an alcoholic uh, he's yeah. clearly he struggled with it, and then during the separation with his wife and the scandal, he started drinking again. And then he gave up uh, when he met the uh, his campaign manager, or when they finally got their feelings out to one another. And then he started drinking again when they split up. Uh, then he then he stopped doing it. Really, the alcoholism is just a a a tool used to. Like mm. have this character cross a threshold of some type. But he crosses that threshold like one too many times, in my opinion. Now okay. don't get me wrong, it's like it's pretty true to life, right? If you if you think like he's been sober for like 16 years, let's say, and he gets in mm. and he gets out of it, and you know, it happens to people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And
0: uh particularly in a high, high stress job where everyone's mm. dying and
1: leaving you. Yes. Um, But this film really doesn't sell it hard enough to the point where it really feels like a crutch that it's using to pass this character from one point to the next. Um, Right. Yeah, again, just not doing enough with everything that it is doing. So what side do you think the film's on? So that's a great question because towards the end of the film, um, he kind of just fucking gives up like he mm. BP offers him a bunch of money uh, to the people who are damaged uh, by the effect of um, the oil spill. Uh, but they also offer him like uh, money to get his career going, his senatorial career going, but only if he gives up on helping people and only if yeah. he backs up oil and really at the end of the film he just he gets back with his wife who just wants him to be a successful uh senator because that's that's her whole note she has a single note and mm. it is that and he does <laughs> he gives up he 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 stops caring about the planet the earth and the people he's trying to help and he takes the bp money and he he just signs off on on, on oil in louisiana and uh jesus that's it uh that by the way throughout the film he runs he just he physically runs places oh okay so that's
0: so it's not he's the runner as in he is running for senator it it is also
1: like oh but he does run as well yeah it's it seems like that's kind of both um okay it's a dual (laughs) dual meaning i suppose maybe a way to kind of shoehorn the title it i i don't know
0: I mean I don't mind
1: dual meaning. I don't mind dual mm. meaning. I've got a
0: big problem with metaphors. I think they're cowardly. But yeah. I um but I I I I don't mind a dual meaning. Well so would you say you've you've watched it it seems to have left you a bit cold but did you enjoy it? Was it a good film or was it You a know I enjoyed of
1: parts of it. Mm. Um it's an hour and a half runtime. No, no, pun oh, that's intended. All right. So yeah, it it was, it was <sighs> okay. So this film had really great points in it and good scenes, like after um, Nick's characters, his father dies. Like Nick has a great time, like like really living in the shoes of someone who is battling with alcoholism and who also is like reaching out for to his uh, campaign manager for a relationship Mm -hmm. and comfort and doesn't find it and it's a good scene where he's really just succumbing um so there's parts like that throughout the film that are very interesting and fun to watch but overall it it does it doesn't do anything bad right oh it's not a bad film it it doesn't (laughs) do anything incorrectly It doesn't... What a disappointment! What a disappointment! It's not offensive. It's not... It it just does some things good. And then the rest are things that happen in the film.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So your quick capsule review of The Runner is things definitely happen and you're not angry. Yeah, I'm not mad at it. (laughs) Brilliant. Well if talking about well then let's let's move on to birdie where things also happen mm-hmm. but uh, and you don't end up angry <laughs> for anyone who hasn't seen birdie here's what it is Okay, Nicholas Cage and someone who isn't Crispin Glover for some reason are friends, and they've been friends since childhood. After a touch of physical uh, thre- threatening of violence, they become firm friends. They end up going off to Vietnam, and they both get ruined. Cage's face gets mangled, and his friend, who is Birdie, uh, goes... mental and ends up in a mental home. Cage's superior officer instructs him to go to the mental house where Birdie is and get Birdie essentially fixed, get him to um, snap out of it snap out of his mental condition is the way they see it. So this leads to the whole story being told in flashbacks because Cage is relaying to Birdie stories from their childhood hoping that that'll help him get all fixed and through all these stories we learn that they're friendship was was surprisingly touching with birdie throughout his whole life literally wanting to become a bird at some point which almost certainly is supposed to be a metaphor but as i've already flagged up i don't like metaphors so i choose to take this literally and even though cage's character doesn't really understand it and doesn't like it and is quite opposed to it and instead wants to get birdie into like banging loads of girls and that he still helps him out throughout the whole thing, and he still doesn't encourage it, but he is, but but he goes along with it. So he helps his friend. He sees it as something he doesn't understand, but he lets his friend go along with it. And it turns out all of these stories are hard to snap Birdie out of it, but it ends up working. And in the end, Birdie like goes like, "Oh, it's isn't it sad? Isn't life horrible?" And then they cry, and that's pretty much. Pretty much it is. Is that a good enough quick capture review? Would you agree with that, or did I miss any massive so, things out?
1: I think, yeah, they, you know, they have a bunch of like, uh, uh it's 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 boys, boys being boys, mm. like scenarios that they relate to one one another, uh, that uh, Al Cage characters relates to Birdie. Yep, and they're just atypical stuff, but really at the end, what really. <laughs> What really got me was at the very end of the film. They're trying to escape the uh, asylum they're in. Yeah, and Birdie jumps up on the side of the wall. They like run up to the top of the building. Birdie gets up on the wall and then he jumps. And you're like supposed to assume that he did it because he's st- he's still like locked cognitively mm. into trying to be a bird. Um, and then uh Al. Runs over to the edge of the wall, and he he just thinks his friend just suicide committed suicide. Yeah. he runs over to the edge of the wall, and Bertie just jumped to another building, and then the film abruptly ends. I liked that a lot because that was a,
0: that was essentially the film saying, "Don't worry, it's all all right. Like so long as they've got each other,
1: it will be so, it will be fine." But I would like to propose to you th- this this movie has been sold. Uh, is sold as a drama yeah i would like to propose to you an idea go on this movie is a romantic comedy um it's definitely a romantic comedy uh
0: with uh al and birdie so cajun not crispin glover uh they are the romantic leads
1: yeah (laughs) yes because i I, they have a meet you at the beginning of the film yeah Where it's this situation that is like, oh, I thought you stole my brother's knife, and uh, well, the guy who he stole it from stole it from me, and ha 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 ha, and they they have like very romantic moments with each other. They do have incredibly romantic moments with each other, and
0: they're physically in the same place when there's a lot of um, uh, sexual activity with various other characters
1: as well. even to extend that, throughout the film, Birdie is not clearly not physically attracted to women and yet he and physically around women he is not prone to touching or anything no he just wants to talk about necessarily repulsed he wants to talk about birds but also out of all the characters throughout the movie he's more physically close and more touching and, and with uh nicholas cage character he's much more closer physically and it feels like emotionally too yeah so like i i really think that this this film is a romantic comedy even though it's supposed to be the super dramatic sense of like your f- best friend has is gone mentally insane mm. and we're exploring that character it's especially with the way that it ends <laughs> it's just, so are you
0: saying are, are you saying that the um that i mean the the under the underlying sort of like not message of the not not part of the plot but one of the many underlined messages at, which has come up a couple of times in cage's career is just vietnam's rubbish isn't it like um yeah. so war bad and like they've both clearly suffering from ptsd right
1: and i, I actually thought this was when the movie starts he's like in a suit yeah, obviously he's all dressed up he's just come off from a war yeah in a train and i was like oh is this a sequel to running with the moon oh jesus because it ends with them hopping onto a train and going off to war and I'm like oh he's coming back this is a sequel that i th- i think i think
0: this might be it's certainly a spiritual sequel if not at all so Are you suggesting that the PTSD that they both suffer from, because it seems like everything's just fine in the end when they're playing and laughing on the roof and uh, going like, oh no, you've killed yourself. What do you want, fella? I'm right here. Do you think everything's fine because they're essentially allowed their relationship together? So all of the distress Mm. and anguish came from them not being able to um, actually have a physical relationship
1: with one another. Yeah, right there at the... like climate of the film um they like he is yelling to birdie al is yelling to birdie like i need you yeah i need you birdie and birdie like when he snaps out of it he's like you 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 need me didn't you you need me you you said it you finally said it that's what pulls him out of it Mm. is like nicholas cage is finally kind of admitting like his feelings for birdie i mean that that makes that makes the whole film
0: make a lot more sense because mm. they they share, they create things together. Like together they create a um, a, a, a pigeon coop and um, do all that together. And they train pigeons to together. They're creating essentially life and work together. They get the car and they fix that up together. Um, Birdie stands up to. Cage's dad when Cage is unable mm-hmm. to, like putting himself in great mm-hmm. risk. And um I suppose that's what more do you need? And maybe like Cage is trying to convince him not that like wants him to be fixed just because he doesn't want to go back to war himself either. Like if he doesn't fix him, not only will Birdie get moved to a horrific mental hospital where he'll just get forgotten about. But Cage Mm. will be forced to go back to war, potentially. Yep. So they need each other in order
1: to survive. Yeah. And it's important to note, like, throughout the film, Cage, uh, something has happened during war to his face. His Mm. face is completely wrapped up in all the um, present scenes of the movie. And then you have Birdie, who we learn throughout the film like just wants to be closer and closer to a bird and wants to fly yeah and you mentioned that you don't like metaphors i don't but i feel like this unfortunately is a very strong metaphor for like caged and closeted homosexuality do do you think that's one of the reasons they got nick cage yes
0: it, not not make it, i'm i'm not outing nick cage by the way everyone listening it's just exclusively the pun of his surname but uh yeah because um there's that one very very heavy-handed scene where cage walks into the house and birdie is literally naked inside a cage and mm. and nick cage opens it up uh to let him out
1: yep he, he-, he is the the the, um, he's the force pushing him out Holy shit that's some Not for the right reasons but like he's the force Making him move So Cage doesn't
0: Isn't really interested so when Cage There's the lovely little bit Of um <laughs> Of uh, 80s movie Sort of quite ag- Aggressive way to treat Women where Cage is trying to grope a girl and she says I don't want to To which his wonderful response is Come on, and then she—the <laughs> yeah. she, classic. Uh, no, you. Yeah, you. Yeah, you do. She buckles by saying, "If you let me wear your letter jacket." <laughs> oh my god! Which is, I yeah, I assume they're the jackets that like the jocks wear on telly, and that were literally with letters on them. But I th- thought that was that was wonderful. I felt very sorry for the girl who Birdie ended up in a car with, and she. Like,
1: yeah yeah that was so but she seemed also like a very awkward person as well like not she also seemed like a character who doesn't really understand those situations yeah, either it seemed an uncomfortable thing but it i it, didn't feel like either of them
0: were taking advantage of the other one or yeah, either of them were being It felt un-
1: perfectly innocent yeah it was between in it was specifically those two characters
0: yeah but it it was like i've never seen a scene like that which made me feel so so much more like oh oh come on (laughs) please don't (laughs) please like usually with that scene it's like okay there's an either an immediate threat or an immediate like hooray get in there you two woo like go at it yeah yeah. it's either really positive or really scary it's very rarely is it just uncomfortable and like oh this isn't good for anyone is it but yeah so true so this is a romantic comedy uh, about um, two people coming to terms with their uh, feelings for each other. In many ways, going
1: to war with their feelings. Mm, yes. <laughs> further, further similes.
0: And I think it, there. it's quite... It, I, I don't think brave is the right word, because it's not brave, you're just acting. But having your lead character spend a lot of the film with his face covered seems to be quite a bold move, doesn't it?
1: Mm-hmm. I- yeah, but it also feels like the same... The It feels like the same choice he made in Moonshine by just having a fake hand. Mm. He's like, no, I, I'm just going to cover my entire face for the whole... You want to know something like he works i i like it i like it well there's
0: that lovely interview with him where he says he chose cage as his sort of stage name surname um which is a reference to two things both the comic character luke cage and the avant-garde musician john cage and it's just uh, like and i think that information there uh explains all of my <laughs> career and choices it's like, yeah it does it really does yeah
1: yeah, it really nails the whole
0: spectrum. It truly does.
1: Um, so I think
0: I think it's easy to say that Birdie's gonna win this time, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I even let's let's like assume that everything we've said about the film is us looking too deep into it. Um the acting, especially from Nicholas, is It's really good. It's it's great. It's it's very strong. And he
0: does run the spectrum, right? It annoys me when he's shit in a film because I know, because we've seen him be brilliant and we've seen him be fun. And often he's not shit. He's just having fun in it. There are silly movies and Mm -hmm. that. Like when the time comes to watch Ghost Rider, like that's going to, that's not going to be anyone's favorite film, but it's going to be silly, fun, and doing exactly what it should do. Mm -hmm. But. There's no excuse for him ever to be bad because he's a great actor when he chooses to yeah. be. Like this I, I genuinely love this film. I found it very um affecting and very uh touching. But um I agree. It's a two hour film, which again I don't usually like. It's about half an hour too long. But but it was it it was it was fun, it was lighthearted when it needed to be and it was deeply upsetting when it needed to be and i just i thoroughly enjoyed that cage was constantly essentially saying birdie i don't understand what what you're trying to do i don't approve of it you need to stop but he was always helping him like when he he was riding the always, bike yeah. when birdie had those wings he made to try and film he knew it was dangerous and silly but it's sort of like well it means a lot to you i don't understand it but i'm here for you and the same he dressed up like a pigeon in those suits even though he felt foolish doing it but it's like well i'm helping my my buddy out and yeah it was, it was that throughout the entire thing i loved it i loved the film i thought it was great i did too
1: on top of that like directionally there are these beautiful long shots yes on birdie's character when he's in uh, the asylum that just really sell like are underline his condition in a way that is incredibly it, this this movie does like crazy directorial like things like in a drama piece that is so unnecessary mm. but it's really interesting i if you guys have not watched this movie for this podcast go watch it yeah. it's like it does some shit that we are not talking about, and it's totally worth it. Oh, it, it's a, it's a, from start to finish, it's phenomenal.
0: And whether it's a, uh, whether their, whether their relationship is uh, platonic, sexual, romantic, or whatever, it's solidly beautiful. Their relationship mm-hmm. with one another and the amount they, they show that they care for one another is, it's so affecting and it's so awesome and this is possibly one of the last times that we'll speak so gushingly and positively about any of these films because most of them are just going to be like this is really fun and silly or tom will get angry when it's another dog dog
1: <laughs> oh my god oh god i have rather you mention that so that's <laughs> something I forgot to mention about. <laughs> yeah. Something I forgot to mention about The Runner. I feel like I need to circle Do it, back to do it, do it. Throughout the film, the entire film, Nicholas is doing a Louisiana accent. Not really. It's- uh, he is doing, like, a JFK. It reminds me of the ending scene. This is why Dog Eat Dog came up. It reminds me of the end scene of Dog Eat Dog, where he's doing, like, that. the voice. hmm do you remember? I do remember. I loved it. I yeah. loved the end. It sounds like that kind of <laughs> Nicholas Cage doing his best Bogart impression. We're supposed to believe that that's a Louisiana accent, but it sounds more like JFK. <laughs> Amazing.
0: Amazing. He should yeah. do more accents. Let's let's do this. Let's let's draw a line under this. Birdie for the win birdie knocks it out of the park and uh it's gonna be it, it's gonna have to be something a bit special to um beat birdie when we get to round two whenever that that happens mm-hmm. but birdie wins so have you got anything to tell the good people anything to absolutely uh, leave them yeah with?
1: i would love it if you guys um i the main reason why i'm doing this podcast was to do a podcast for first of all mm. and secondly is I really want to have more conversations about these movies like there's there's a lot that I leave out uh, purely because I forget <laughs> <laughs> the, and also runtime yeah and uh, I would love to continually continuously talk about uh, the, these movies so please if you can tweet at me on twitter do whatever we've got a discord technically yeah if you want to join that join it like i want to talk more about these movies and i want more people to talk about it with so if you could please share this podcast with someone you think who who would enjoy movies or enjoy cage films specifically like we do are becoming Mm -hmm. more endearing to uh nicholas cage movies and uh, I yeah, I want to talk to even more people. I love talking to it about Greg, but more people would be fantastic. And we um, also so have yeah, an Instagram.
0: That. Join, join that. <laughs> I'm setting us up an Instagram. <laughs>
1: He's furiously typing in the background.
0: Instagram. <laughs> but that's brilliant. Yeah. Join, join things. Uh, Tom would love to speak to you. I'll, I'll be all right, to be honest. Um <laughs> I I don't need you people to talk to me. Talk talk to Tom. Yeah, I'll I'll do
1: all the conversating yeah, outside I, of the circle.
0: I'm not very good at interacting with people. So like I'm not I'm not rude, I'm a polite boy, but I'm mm. I'm very friendly, very nice. But I you know I'm not mm. good at it um i've got i've i've got tons of buttons on my phone right now of messages that were sent to me over the last three weeks that i have not responded to yet because you get in the you go right i'm going to respond now oh no they might be angry at me if i respond what if i say something that they didn't want to hear oh no it's been
1: five days
0: now yeah it's too late i'll just delete it oh what if i delete it and they get angry so if i don't respond it's not personal it's just well it is but it's greg personal rather than you personal but um yeah get get involved there's a discord we'll we'll do um a long list in the episode description of all the different things you can do to contact us and do get involved get get involved and uh watch all of tom's streams whenever you do a stream let us know and we'll yeah. we'll publicize it come join my stream things. we'll
1: talk about these movies live like we'll hash it out
0: Sounds great, and maybe at some point soon we'll see whether we can book a little venue or something and do a couple of these shows live in front of an audience. So if you want that, get involved. Get
1: involved, people. Hell yeah.
0: Where can they find you? Give us more information of
1: where they can find you. They- Here's where you can find me. Thoughts and Flight pretty much every fucking where on the internet. On on Twitter specifically, it's F-L-I-T-E due to character limits. <laughs> um, and yeah, where what about you greg where uh, go you, Gre- we know you don't want to be found but we'd like to find
0: you if you find me it's j- just go org. there's even a little contact form where you can write me a thing and i i i respond within 2 weeks to anything that i get sent <laughs> i'm on twitter um and i'm on instagram and that uh what am i on twitter i think it's let's let's do this podcast. guys you
1: really should follow gregory cuz the sh- the amount of shit he does that is really fucking cool is insane.
0: I I'm a prolific little bitch. Um, on Twitter it's Gregory underscore Aikman on on TikTok. I've got one of those which I'm <laughs> going to use more and more. It's it is true that my name is Greg, so that's where you can find me there on um instagrams i think there's oh what am i is it just gregory Aikerman? yeah just gregory akerman also there's an instagram which i um might start doing again called this fish thinks you're a prick that's a tremendous amount of fun get involved with that nice but anyway we shall speak to you next time dearest dearest beautiful listener and until then
1: keep on Cajun. run run it up What do you say we cut the chit-chat a-hole?